This podcast is brought to you by jewishpodcasts.org. Start your very own podcast today at jewishpodcasts.org. Welcome to the Nakuda podcast. Shai Gutman here. We are on the Parsha of Vayeshev, the first of a series of Parshas which are uh, telling the story of Yosef and his brothers. Uh, some very dramatic uh, confrontations uh, between Yosef and his brothers that take place over the course of these Parshas. And it's... Uh, a little confusing to try to figure out what's going on there, and I don't know if we're going to come to some, you know, this very short time that we're going to come to some really uh, clear conclusions about what's really going on there, but at least we can get some insights uh, what's happening on a few different levels. Um, and I think that that will maybe clarify some things for some people, because it, it, it's really, uh, at least on the surface, a very confusing um, Situation we have, not unlike the situations that we had with Avram and Yishmuel, or or then, then therefore the competition between Yitzchak and and Yishmuel, or between Yaakov and Esav, where you know good and bad was kind of clear cut. There was pretty pretty obvious, you know, who's the good guy, who's the bad guy, you know, who's who's the Russian, who's the tzaddik. Um, they're, they're very clearly laid out that way. Here, it's much, much more difficult to uh, make those kinds of uh, judgment calls because the fact is that they're all tzaddikim. We don't have any of the um, <clears throat> the shvotim, the, the, the brothers, uh, including Yosef, that's in any way a Russia. I mean, somebody that's that's considered, on the contrary, they're going to be considered to be very big tzaddikim. And they were very strong and powerful people, powerful figures. I mean, look at what Yosef went through in his lifetime uh, without lo- losing, uh, you know, faith in Hashem and Betuchen, uh, that, you know, he would come out of it and everything. Um, so despite them making some mistakes uh, in judgment in terms of who each one considered the other one to be, uh, those mistakes were pretty prevalent. And the fact is that we had that between Yitzchak and Esav also, if we remember. Uh, the fact is Yitzchak, partly because he was blind, but also because of his own uh, personality and how it uh, inter, uh, is interplay with the personalities of Esav and, and Yaakov, he was very, uh, very questionable if he really understood the extent to which Esav had gone off the derrick, so to speak, that it was really a, a problematic uh, situation there that had to be dealt with in a particular way. And that's why Rivka had to step in and, and uh, do something rather devious in order to get things to work out the way uh, she understood that Hashem really wanted it. So in this case, it's even more problematic because... Um, Again, there is no clear, clear demarcation. It, there was no reason to um, demonize anybody or to send anybody away. Nevertheless, as we see in many uh, sibling situations, uh, 
in, in families where you can have two perfectly good kids or, or two or more perfectly good kids, and yet certain rivalries uh, uh, occur in, in the mishpocha, in, in, the, uh, in the family, which lead to a lot of uh, strife and a lot of uh, discord. And it's really not necessarily justified, but in the eyes of those involved, it is a very, uh, very serious business. It, especially in this case, and because of the what went on in previous generations and the precedent that had already kind of been set in a way, was the fact that uh, there was this filtering process going on. And remember, this is this is a family thing, and at the same time, you're talking about the destiny of an entire nation and a nation that is destined to receive the toya from Hashem and Har Sinai. So it's it's not a simple thing, and. It's, there's every reason to believe that, especially the special attention that they were getting from Hashem himself, that Hashem was you know, talking directly to Avromavim, talking directly to Yitzhak, talking directly to Yaakov, they definitely had uh, a certain relationship with Hashem that um, nobody else in the world uh, ever had, except maybe Odomarishan or something. Um, so they were very uh, involved in, in, in shaping the destiny of the people. So Avram, even somewhat against his will, but at the insistence of, of Sora, ended up sending away Yishmael. Then uh, Yitzchak ended up sending away um, Yaakov, but really it was Esau the one who had, ended up getting sent away because he had he he split with Yaakov when after they came back together again. Esau um, apparently sensed that this land was not big enough for the both of them, and he left. So he was already basically out of the picture. He was no longer uh, the, the the continuation of ya- of of, of uh, Yaakov's, uh, rather, I'm sorry, Yitzchak's uh, involvement in the land. You know, having settled the land and giving the land as a, as an inheritance to his children. So he gave it to ended up giving it to Yaakov and his children, as opposed to Esau and his children who went to Edom. So there, that's one aspect of it. So so. Because this this weeding out process, so to speak, had been going on for a few generations already, it, one explanation for the the uh, enmity between the brothers and uh, Yosef was based on um, the fact that Yosef was uh, using very disparaging language in presenting. Uh, news about the reports about the brothers to Yaakov. Um, exactly why he did this is uh, there are a few different possible answers. One was that he felt responsible uh, to you know make sure that they were on the right track. They were you know again they were a continuation of of uh, of, of Yaakov of uh, Yaakov's derech. So therefore, if they were doing things wrong against that Derek, then he felt it his responsibility to report that to his father. Um, and it also may be part of Yosef's own um, uh, conviction that he was destined to be, you know, take on the leadership role. And eventually he did, because indeed, you know, as we'll see by the end of the story, he is uh, put in a position of, of authority by, by Paro, and he ends up uh, running, you know, calling his shots. He, he runs the show uh, until eventually Yehuda ended up taking uh, a more active role. But at this, at this point anyway, um, I mean, at, 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 
at the point where uh, until until he passed away anyway uh he was really the dominant uh, brother uh in many ways so in any case he apparently felt whatever that this was his role and and the fact is that he had these dreams and he considered the dreams to be an open indication from Hashem that he was destined to be the leader and they were destined to follow him and that he would they would have to subordinate themselves to him and he felt that that was perfectly reasonable and justified and obviously he wasn't uh Balgaiva he wasn't uh, arrogant but he just felt that this was uh, they might as well accept the reality now that this is the way it was going to be and maybe he assumed that they didn't have uh, such an ego that they would have a hard time accepting that that dominance um but uh, that is how he presented it now the brothers on the other hand according to this uh, this opinion um were basically acting in self defense because just as yak uh, um again as we said you know avram sent away ishmael and Yaakov sent away Esav for all practical purposes. Um, they thought that Yosef was trying to influence Yaakov to send them away, that they would no longer be, uh, that Yosef would be the, the one to continue uh, the Jewish people and they would uh, just go their own ways and they wouldn't be involved in it. Um, and they apparently didn't, either didn't understand um, or they thought that Yosef didn't understand the idea of the, the concept of mitusa shleimoy, that, that, that if if uh, that, that Yaakov was promised that he would have his, uh, all of his children would be in, in line and would 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 uh, indeed uh, inherit the um, uh, the uh, identity of being Jewish, you know, being being part of the Jewish people and being actually the, the the defining forces in in the existence of the Jewish people. Okay, so so if that's it, so again, it's a, a kind of a mistaken identity. It was. The brothers, on the one hand, were assuming that Yosef was having delusions of grandeur, and he was, you know, trying to uh, get in good with his father at their expense, and trying to um, uh, essentially cut them off from the Jewish people. Whereas, um, whereas Yosef, on the other hand, obviously felt that. Um, they have to be uh, held accountable for anything they might do which was against their father's uh, derech. And he was, uh, he, and he assumed that he was going to be the one to do that, and he was the one that was going to be the leader from then on after Hashem had given him his dreams. And they thought that, that you know, a person uh, dreams the things that they're obsessed with themselves, and if he was obsessed with, with becoming a leader, then that's why he dreamt it, not because it was directly coming from Hashem. So all of these things are going on, and... Each one means the best. There's nobody that's interested in going against Hashem's will here. On the contrary, they're just interpreting Hashem's will differently. And Yaakov wants to keep things together. He didn't want to, uh, you know, totally uh, create a total rift that, you know, they wouldn't be on speaking terms or whatever. And he apparently didn't also may have underestimated the very fact that he sent Yosef to seek out the brothers uh, which was ended up being an extremely dangerous thing to do. He apparently, uh, first of all, thought that that Yosef would be protected uh, simply by doing his shlichus, by you know go, going uh, to uh, to to fill a mission for him. So that would involve that would allow him to be protected. And also, uh, he probably underestimated just how much they hated him. 
and how how far they were willing to go I mean, to the point of even killing him in order to uh, remove that that danger is this idea that you know if you're self defense so you protect yourself before you know if somebody's coming to kill you you kill them first um, and it's hard for us to to understand how they could take it to that extreme but the fact is that again they this for them that this was this was survival and if Yosef was trying to uh, in some way uh, uh, Interrupt. I mean, or rather, rather uh, subvert uh, their their connection to uh, to Hashem and to their father and to Yiddishkeit. I mean, it was a very serious business here. So, of course, they didn't end up doing that. Um, one point is made that because each of the brothers represented a different uh, aspect, a different attribute of Hashem, you know. Idea of the six is amplified to twelve. Whatever that these are the the attributes on which the world is based. It was necessary for anything to really get done that they would have an actus that they would all be together in being able to do that. So, so the, it's it's brought to, uh, as a as an example of that the fact that um, they didn't succeed in actually carrying out their plans of killing him because that would involve that would have involved. Achtis, a, a unity between all the brothers, including Yosef. So Yosef would have had to been together with them in that eight in order for the, the actual thing to get done. Uh, one could question then, how is it that Yosef was successful in his dealings with Paroi and getting to the top of the, uh, of the regime over there if he didn't have the brothers together with him? I, that's, I'm sure there's ways of handling that as well. But anyway, that's, that remains, remains a, a bit of a question. But in any case, it shows that they really, the, the situation couldn't be left like this indefinitely. There, it had to be remedied. They had to be able to come back together. And the fact is that the only way, given the kind of a, a stalemate or a standoff that had been created in his relationship with them, the whole mice of him being sent to uh, to Egypt, we'll see later on, and you know the whole thing with you know coming to power in, in uh, under Paroi, um, was virtually essential to create uh, to, to to go through this whole process where they came down and he showed them that he really uh, you know he had the capability to uh, uh, to you know do whatever he wanted with them, and he chose to totally forgive them and totally. Uh, uh, you know, try to make Shulam and and, uh, and correct the whole situation was the only way that he could really show Bapoil without any doubt that he wasn't the enemy of theirs that they thought he was. This was not his intention. So this is the only way that he would have been able to work this out and it was Bishet that he had to go through this as well because we see on the, another aspect of the story is that everything that uh, Yosef went through uh, paralleled what Yaakov himself had gone through in terms of, and the Rashi goes through a whole list of different events in his life which corresponded to events in Yaakov's life. So first of all, that made them closer together and Yaakov felt all the more so that he really was the one to be uh, his mamolomokam, so to speak, the, the one that would you know be... Uh, uh, would would inherit his his uh, post of leadership of the family, um, but uh, it's really uncanny all the things that 
you know, that they shared in terms of the um, uh, the enmity of the brothers. It's like Esau hated Yaakov and 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 and, and was uh, pursuing him. So the, the brothers were were. Uh, uh, pursuing Yosef, and uh, he also, just as Yaakov had to go into Gullis in a place of, uh, a very corrupt place, so the same respect, uh, Yosef had to go into Gullis in, in a corrupt place, and just as, as uh, Lovin was trying to, uh, was to corrupt uh, Yaakov, that the, you know, Potiphar's wife was trying to corrupt Yosef, and, 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 and nevertheless, with all this persecution and everything, they both came out with uh, tremendous wealth as, uh, after, after, after going through all of that. So that's, you know, that's probably you know, a number of other, other aspects as well. And that would seem to indicate that there are things that they were going through that were taking place on a higher level. These were things that, uh, on a spiritual level, the idea of Golis Shechina, that the exile of the of the Shechina, and here they had to be exiled, they had to leave their homes and then come, you know, with nothing and then come back. I mean, both of them were left; they were totally barely the shirt on their backs, if that, uh, and then you know, built themselves up to such to such a level, uh, as if that this was again the leadership of the people had to go through these kinds of experiences. In order to uh, take the, you know, create the tick and the the uh, correction that had to take place uh, for the Jewish people as a whole. Um, so anyway, all of this indicates that there is a lot going on behind the surface, and yet at the same time, we um, come away with it uh, from it with a uh, a definite uh, feeling for the delicate. Uh, situation we face with family, you know, uh, issues, family rivalries, and things like that. That is so they're so common, and it takes a tremendous amount of wisdom on the part of parents to be able to deal with these things um, successfully, and to uh, the dynamics involved and understand all the players involved. Yaakov in this story does not seem to take a, a tremendously active role, and uh, we can only. Speculate of the reason for that, why he didn't wasn't more actively involved in in what was really going on. So, I don't really know the answer to that. But um, just all of these different aspects of the story that are so difficult to understand fully. But uh, you know, as we deal in, deal with them, you know, we can come to always deeper levels of understanding uh, to help us uh, learn the maximum that we can from it. Um, so. Uh, I hope that uh, next week we will be able to talk a little bit about Hanukkah. I'll be right in, my, right in the middle of it. And in the meantime, I wish you a good Shabbos and uh, an enlightening 